0: 73 minutes before you die, your eyes turn a vibrant violet. There is no action to reverse this ocular ticking clock toward death. less than an hour and a half to live, what would you do? Welcome to the world of Purple Eyes. 32 creators bring you 18 stories of humor, heartache, and humility, with tales from some of the top creators in indie comics, such as Valeria Araya, Llewellyn Polanco, Mario Candelaria, and Philip Myra. Now on Kickstarter until June 15th. Physical and digital copies of the book are available as well as custom commissions and the opportunity to be drawn into several stories. Get your copy of the summer's most talked about anthology at Purple Eyes on Kickstarter or at purpleeyescomic.com.
1: Morning, Gary. Morning, Marianne. Need a menu? Nah, I'll just have the usual. You sure do love your eggs and coffee, Gary. Best way to start your morning, Marianne. Well, that and an issue of Town and County. What's that? Town and County is a new comic series written and drawn by cartoonist Alex Nall. He's that guy that wrote them books about teaching and that Mr. Rogers feller. Oh, he was such a nice man. The first issue is 36 pages of black and white comic stories with beautiful color covers and features six stories about folks in our little township here in Illinois. Like Susie Barber, the house cleaner that uncovers her client's dirty laundry, if you know what I mean. And Stanley Pepper, that big feller that just lost his job and took to drinking every night at Bugs' Tavern. Well, ain't that something? Town and County is published by Ivy Terrace Press, headquartered in Chicago. Chicago? Who would want to live there? So dirty. Each issue comes with a copy of The Hometown Hero, our little town's newsletter, and it's only $8. $8? Where can I get it, Gary? You can order a copy of Town and County on the internet at storeenvy slash comics. Oh, there's your breakfast, Gary. Thanks, Mary Ann. <sighs> ah, nothing like a cup of coffee and a good comic book.
2: Tired of the same old ads? Talking about being tired of the same old comics? Why not try Clusterfucks Comics number 4 instead? The 4th issue of Clusterfucks Comics is now available, featuring comics from some of the coolest creators around. Creators like Jason Cavalli, Eric Jason, Anna Peterson, Stu Nod, Tony De Pasquale, Umberto Tanella, Drewby Hall, Cameron Zavala, Alex DeKaiju and so many more. Get your issue now at clusterfuckscomics.bigcartel.com. Also, be sure to keep an eye out for a special free comic book day issue of Clusterfucks Comics May 7th at the following stores Floating World Comics, Quimby Chicago, Escape Pod Comics, Gutter Pop Comics, and Collector's Paradise North Hollywood. Clusterfucks Comics. Comics you can Clusterfucks with.
1: ...outlined how accounting... What the fuck? What?
2: What kind of likeness record.
0: is
1: that? If they were great artists, they'll be in a museum. I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists Cartoonists now. <laughs>
2: Once again, for another wonderful, exciting, fantastic episode of Gutter Boys. Gutter Boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins, the outs, the highs and the lows of making comics. I'm your host, JB, with my co-host, Cam. On today's episode, uh, it's just the boys. No guests.
0: Yeah, we fucked up and missed our uh, interview with Ryan Alves, so he'll be on the next episode. But yeah, today it's just us.
2: Yeah, this is what you get when we start putting zero effort into something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been Hell a yeah. it's been a weird month. So I just I've been busy with other shit too. So uh, yeah, what, what have you I, been up to?
0: Uh, I quit my job today. Um- you know, because it's just, uh, they were setting my schedule for the, for my life and I can just uh, be a freelancer and walk dogs on apps. And yeah, so um, I've kind of got the fire in me again. Um, I need to crank out some zines or comics for real. going to try to do something soon. Don't know if that's going to be the split with jazz, but like regardless, my aim is to have something out in May next month. So- okay might just be like a little 12 page zine or something like that that i make it uh you know like kinko's but it's gonna be something something's gonna happen all right so hold me accountable listeners uh yeah no um i've been real shit at the dm lately but uh given the life change i should be able to be on my phone a lot more so if you have dm'd us and i haven't gotten back to you try again and uh <laughs> my plan is to for real like you know i i at my job, I wasn't allowed to have my phone on me at all times, so, like, I would come back to, you know, 50 notifications, and if you weren't at the top, I'm sorry, you were getting ignored, so, but now, now
2: it's fully operational again. Yeah, now no you boys. have to compete with WWE 2K 2022, <laughs> so good luck getting your DMs answered. <laughs> hey, it's on
0: sale, so please, some of you, one of you out there, buy it and play with me online, it's cross-platform, I'm trying to play online, but, uh. I'm tired of fighting these guys who just make Juggalo creator wrestlers, and they're like 100 maxed out on stats, and they just, have, like, every move's the Stone Cold Stunner.
2: Well, you it know, that's- playing online. You gotta fucking make your own Juggalo that's maxed out. Yeah,
0: maybe. I guess so. Because I'll be going in there on some bitch shit, trying to fight his, like, Cesaro and shit and just getting worked.
2: Wow, that's- yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> that doesn't sound yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, so I need somebody to play with. So, uh, listeners, if you get the game, let me know. All I right. love Rey Mysterio. That's the uh,
2: word on the street. Yeah, and weed. And weed. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Also, uh, 420 was yesterday as of recording. Shout out to all our weed smokers.
0: No. So what I want to say is shout out to everybody that stayed high like me the past two weeks since 420 and kept the train rolling
2: or just kept the train rolling years ago. and, And 420 is just another day.
0: Yeah, I used to like really like, you know, when I was like younger, like in college, it was like a really big deal. Like me and my roommates would like we we're just dumb stoner kids. So we'd be like, Huh yeah, let's set the alarm for 4 a.m. Roll a blunt so we can light up at 420 on 420, bro. And we used to do that shit. Uh, now it's just like, oh, yeah, 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 that's a thing. I'm too old to uh, celebrate. Actually, I turned green in high school on 420 because I ate a fuck ton of those firecracker things. You know what I'm talking about? no. Dude, they're the worst thing you could ever eat. So, like, uh, I borrow <laughs> I borrowed a toaster oven uh, from a buddy to make these. But um, you literally just take weed and uh, you crumble it up and you put it on a saltine cracker. With peanut butter and you eat the buds and everything, but like you bake it in the toaster oven for like 40 minutes. Sounds disgusting, <laughs> dude. It was the, one of the worst things I've ever eaten in my life. Um, and I got to school and I was just like fucking green. Like how I didn't go to like they didn't call like my parents or something because I was like stumbling through the park or <laughs> uh, the hallways, dude. Like I. <laughs> I remember some buddies just looking at me and, like, cracking up, leaning against the wall, like, between classes just to, like, stay alive, dude. Like
2: Your eyes are so red, you look like Mr. Sinister.
0: Dude, I was as green as the Grinch with the Mr. Sinister eyes. And then, like, somewhere, I remember midday, I went to the bathroom and I just threw up, like, the most vomit I've ever thrown up in my life. And uh, I was fine after that.
2: Why would you do that on your first try? uh no it wasn't the first time i smoked or oh. it was my first 420 okay okay still yeah. pretty dumb but yeah okay yeah
0: no and before school too it was like a sophomore or junior year of high yeah, school i was no. yeah it was bad man no, the teachers no, like no, no, they no. had to have known especially knowing the day like and of course you know we were smoking blunts in the you know cars outside in the parking lot before school it was just a bad it was a bad day but i still have a friend who to this day you know she's around town here and when i bump into her she's like do you remember that time in high school you turned green?" <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: jesus yeah, yeah no i could not do being high at school that's just that would never work i knew that going in i just that wouldn't happen my senior year i was high the majority of of it
0: that's crazy yeah no i couldn't do that i i you one of those people that was like super into
2: like studying and making sure you had good grades though oh fuck no no <laughs> i started drinking in like sophomore year of high school hell yeah So like, yeah, I've definitely showed up to class drunk before, but I I could pull that off compared to being high. Like, there's no way I could hide being high. Yeah. I don't know how or why we did it. I mean, eventually you smoke so much that it becomes like
0: second nature, but like definitely like, you know, I feel like we were definitely like, you know, dumb kids, like risking it all in hindsight. Glad that we didn't get caught. We uh, had a guy, we called him Joe Cool. He was the in-school detention, like guy who oversees like the in-school detention, like room or whatever. And he would smoke weed with us after. Wow, really
2: technical terms.
0: Yeah. uh, Well, what what do they call that other places? We called it A-Room, but I know A-Room probably isn't. Um, You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Where, like, they don't suspend you, but they send you to the room with all the bad kids for the day. In-school suspension? Yeah, 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 that. Uh, The dude who ran that, we called him Joe Cool, but he used to smoke blunts with us after school every day during the (laughs) year. What? (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) what the so this dude that works for the school would just like hang out with high school kids and smoke weed with in hindsight
0: it was sus but like (laughs)
2: yeah
0: he was like no
2: friends
0: (laughs) yeah he was like uh i don't even remember dude's real name now but we called him joe cool so nobody would ever like you know figure out who it was but yeah he used to just like smoke blunts with us but he was like a a dealer too so we would buy weed from him sometimes maybe that's why he was doing it but in hindsight yeah it's kind of weird that he was hanging out with us because i'm pretty sure he was like mid-20s if not early 30s yeah no that guy's definitely a pedo yeah
2: i'm just saying (laughs) this is all
0: just unlocking in my mind now like oh fuck (laughs) oh wait that
2: guy (laughs) that guy that was selling weed to us and smoking with us after school might have been not a good guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs>
0: we we'll have to go to therapy now listeners please go to our patreon oh uh, uh, fuck
2: <laughs> hell yeah that rocks <laughs> it fucking rocks uh anyway um well we got shout oh like yeah this. shout outs okay yeah, are we yeah, gonna yeah. leave
0: any of that shit in
2: or oh all of it okay cool yeah, yeah we gotta we gotta fill this time baby yeah yeah
0: yeah all righty so uh i guess to finish out this first half of the show um because we're gonna do news and answer questions on the back half we're just going to go ahead and get our shout outs out of the way. As always, if you want to send us things, uh, you can hit us up on Instagram at gutterboyspod or uh, gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com. We will give you a shout out and post it on our social media platforms. Uh, we love getting stuff from the readers and checking it out. So, as always, thanks to everybody for sending stuff in. Uh, let's see. First up, we've got uh, guests on the show coming up. Uh, Ryan Alves uh, sent us uh, four comics uh, Chamber of Woe, The Christmas Before, The Gift. And uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right but bito b-i-t-o uh, as always phenomenal work from the dude you can follow him online at Alvstagram and tune into our next episode to make sure you get the uh the scoop on what that guy's up to and where he's been so uh shout out to ryan for sending us over that stuff
2: and then in the mail i received as well as cam nick forkers island he sent over the first four issues uh really solid work always appreciate a good black and white comic And this one checks off all those marks. I like how the covers
0: kind of harken back to that like uh, mid 90s uh, dark horse vibe with like the framing and just the color. Really nice work there. Uh, You can find Nick Forker on Instagram at
2: Nicholas Forker, but N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. Yeah, he included a note. uh, Thanks, JB. Keep up the good work short and to the point. I appreciate that. All right. So, yeah, thanks, Nick, for sending your work. I uh, really appreciate uh, the sketch that you sent over as well, along with a, a pretty large sticker. Can't get enough stickers. Hell yeah.
0: All righty. Next up, we got a copy of Smegmore. Uh, Smegmore is a comic by Eric Bergstrand. Uh, the cover says it all, folks, 18 and over only for immature audiences. You know, we appreciate uh, some uh, good toilet humor. Eric. So thanks for sending this in. He also wrote us a note. Hey Cam and JB, thanks so much for taking the time to check out my work. This book is the potential hopeful start of a small series. I hope you aren't too put off by all the dick and poop jokes. And if you are, then sorry, I guess. I love the show and look forward to every new episode. Thanks for doing what you do for small press. Enjoy Eric at Barbarian 420. So, topical to the day, Uh, but definitely go check out his work and pick up a copy. Uh, He sent us some cool holographic stickers. I say uh, legalized Jankum as well, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Jankum actually plays a a role in uh, Smegmore comics, so it makes sense. It's not like he's a fucking, you know, Jankum head. Maybe, I don't know. If you are, dude, let us know.
2: Uh, Next up, we have a uh, very DIY, black and white Xerox zine. Love to see it. Mini comic, Tamita, Super. Yeah, that's from Bryce Martin. Bryce did a Strangers book not too long ago,
0: and uh, Ultra 8, I think it was called. Or no, uh, I forget what a Strangers book was called, but uh, he did one there. Ultra 8 was another comic that he did, um, but you can find Bryce online at Bryce Martin Comics with an X. Uh, Bryce is always like making some cool like sci-fi, otherworldly comics, and uh, he has a lot of fun with it, you could tell. So uh, always great to get new stuff from him.
2: Yeah, I look forward to getting my copy. I, uh, I appreciate the cover art because the little mouse guy looks like his face is a, a dick and balls drawn upside down. So that's cool. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, it's uh, it. yes, <laughs> yes.
0: All right. Next up, we have uh, Gaff issues one and two from Grant Rich. Uh, These are actually like really cool one man anthology uh, comics. Uh, Really nice production value, actually. Standard size here. Uh, It definitely looks like it was ripped straight from the uh, 70s underground comics scene. Uh, I don't know if that's intentional or just the vibe that I get. Um, Doesn't look like he's ripping anybody's style from that. That's just, you know, with the covers and the interiors and what he's like trying to convey with the stories. That's definitely the vibe that I get. You could definitely check out Grant and uh, recommend following him and his work and getting his comics at grantrich.com or on Instagram at granted underscore riches.
2: And then we also have from Philip Mara, Crackle Volumes 1 through 3. I think I might have Volume 1 already. I'm not sure. It looks really familiar. He might have sent one your way. But I mean, I, it looks like something I've had like a while ago, so it, this might not be it.
0: yeah. Uh, it's a really cool book. Philip's always, uh, you know, kickstarting a project. Actually, if you listen to the ads, there should be an ad for his uh, new Kickstarter project at the front or the middle of this episode, wherever those things go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wherever they are. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, wherever they are. So definitely follow the instructions there. We haven't recorded it yet, but follow those instructions to find him online and support him on his new Kickstarter. All right. Thank you, Philip. Is he on Instagram? So uh, you can find Philip online at Philip Myra. Okay. And that's uh,
2: P-H-I-L-L-I-P-M-A-I-R-A. All right. So that's it for this round of shout outs. Thanks again to everyone that sent in their work. Uh, We really appreciate it. Always nice to see people on the grind. Uh, All right. So yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we return... We're going to cover some news, uh, bullshit around for an hour, I guess. Well, not an hour. You know, you know what I mean. Uh, We'll try to make it interesting, I promise. Please don't. Please don't unsubscribe. Please. God, please don't. All right.
0: See you after the break. We'll be right back.
2: Athenium Comic Art is an original art website for some of the best cartoonists in the business. They currently represent Remy Boydell, Marie Capel France, Nicole Gu, Jonathan Hill, Emma Hunsinger, Casey Nowak, Micah Song, and Tilly Walden. Athenium Comic Art gives fans the opportunity to own original piece of art from their favorite comics and support the artists that they love. In their short time in business, they've already shipped many iconic pages out to hardcore fans across the globe. Don't miss out on your chance to own a -a one-of-a-kind piece of history. Check out their website, AtheniumComicArt.com, and type in Gutter Gang at checkout to receive free shipping on your first order. Again, the website is AtheniumComicArt.com, and the code is Gutter Gang. One day, while combing the beach, Ambar and Alana discovered a pair of beautiful
0: medallions. What happened next changed their lives forever. The Santos Sisters will have you laughing from cover to cover as they fight crime, date dumb dudes, and just deal with everyday life as young women in the world. Coming in at a whopping 56 pages. This comic is printed with a four-color web press on a Newsprint. All that for just five bucks? The number one source for underground comics in Chicago, Quimby's, says this about our comic. A style that's part Archie, part superhero, part snark, but it's all fun. And we think that's just sick. The Santos Sisters is available now in select comic book stores and online at santosisters.com Hey gutter gang. Cam here to tell you about Soggy Landing again, longtime supporter of the podcast. They recently sent us printed copies of the first three chapters to review and are currently posting chapter four online with updates on Instagram. And while I personally haven't seen any of chapter four since I don't read web comics, I can tell you the first three chapters are really fun to read and full of weed smoking wizards and hijinks. They've also been contributors to Rust Belt Review issues three and four with some soggy side stories. So make sure to check those out too. You can read Soggy Landing over on study group comics and over on Instagram at Ian Densford or at welcome underscore Two underscore soggy underscore landing, soggy landing. Hell yeah, dude!
2: The Last Aviatrix is a post-nuclear adventure comic by independent Los Angeles-based cartoonist Buster Cagle. The story follows Summer, our last aviatrix, who pilots the sole surviving airplane, a nuclear-powered B-29. As she travels the ruined world, finding ways to survive and help humanity while dealing with the eminent threat of the Atomborn, a rare breed of atomic wizards that want to see her out of the sky, her mission becomes complicated when she accidentally picks up Henry, an Atomborn child who wields incredible power, and Clementine, a berserker on a quest for vengeance. Can our aviatrix survive this ruined and irradiated waste Land? Every issue can be read for free on Busterkagle.com comics. Paper copies can be ordered as well, but you know, you can still read it for free. If you like Wizards or Warplanes, go check it out.
1: to our program.
2: Welcome back from the break. Joining with us for this episode is no one. It's just us. Too bad. But uh, we will keep you entertained for the next 45 minutes. We've got some shit to talk about. Uh, In particular, some recent news. This will be dated by the time you hear it on Monday. That's fine. But uh, Image took a fat L. Big L. Huge L. Massive. Probably the biggest I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, Comics
0: United. Uh, It was a very beautiful thing. To shit talk on image, yes, yes.
2: They uh, recently revealed a new comic uh, that is very cool. Uh, they recently debuted a new comic uh, on 420 to, to celebrate 420. Yes, and it is the secret history of the war on weed by uh, Duggan, possein Koblish, a bunch of other people. I don't give a shit. Whatever. Those uh, last few are probably the letters. Leave yeah who cares anyway yeah. <laughs> uh i'm assuming this is just another infographic wikipedia comic considering yeah. the quality of the cover it was uh
0: like uh it apparently detailed like the war on drugs and starting in the eighties oh, then 100 like, that's what it is. and all that bullshit so it's no, definitely yeah, a wikipedia it is. yes yeah. it's
2: a wikipedia infograph comic
0: yeah i can yeah i haven't seen the insides but you know i don't even close need your to eyes see and imagine yeah. you can probably nah, figure no, it no. out
2: yeah i got it yeah and on the cover, they uh, in- included a Bored Ape. So for those of you that are completely disconnected from Twitter or social media and news about NFTs, congrats, your brain is intact, I- I'm jealous of you. But the Bored Ape is a, a very popular brand of NFTs owned by uh, several uh, very well-known brain dead billionaires. Basically the idea is uh, they're basically just beanie babies as JPEGs. Yeah, so you find much. Uh, you know, yeah, you find the, the beanie baby that speaks to you the most about your personality. And it's just the same monkey with different clothes on. That's, that's pretty much it. Uh, so, you know, if you feel like you're a wacky party guy, you can have one wearing like a captain's hat and sunglasses and holding a martini. Uh, if you feel like, uh, you know, you're a very sensitive, uh, emotional person, you could have him uh, holding an acoustic guitar and uh, maybe wearing a beret or something. I don't know. It's up to you. The, the possibilities are endless thanks to Bored Ape but uh this new comic along with this debut of this uh limited edition print run of 500 variant cover uh really just ate shit very quickly i have not seen a ratio this bad in a while in twi- uh, well in <laughs> comics twitter i mean it this thing really has bad. This thing has 1,067 quote tweets and only 172 likes.
0: And almost every reply has more likes than the actual post. Well, every right. reply that's dunking on it. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at just one. I literally just scrolled down and one that just says, ugh, has 293. <laughs> so that should tell you something about uh, where this tweet went in terms of <laughs> things went south very quickly, basically. Uh, it's a very funny read. If you're on Twitter, just go ahead and cycle through it. It's very funny to me. And uh, yeah, so they ate shit pretty hard. Still haven't deleted the tweet or, still, you know, man, they, I on mean, it. respect to image for just yeah, holding it around. down. Just fucking custard's last stand. <laughs> just <Yeah>. just <laughs> taking it all right in the face. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to Brian Posan and his uh, fucking nothing comedy career. that's just gone to just dog shit. Uh, that's it's a real yeah. shame. Uh, Now he has to uh, fucking simp for NFTs. It's it's a sad world we live in now. Uh, For C tier celebrities, they have nothing better to do. But uh, yeah, this uh, this was very funny. Just getting to watch a very well known comic publisher burn itself to the ground
0: they've kind of fallen off in my opinion recently anyways
2: yeah i you know what i feel that i feel that way about all of these like bigger quote-unquote independent comic publishers right uh yeah like all these
0: vaults and uh aftershocks vaults idw
2: uh yeah yeah they're all just they. i don't know what happened i don't know something in post-covid they all just like lost their minds and just forgot how to do comics or something i don't know what happened they all just panicked it's very yeah strange. I, it's
0: in
2: it's in weird shape it's in shambles in my opinion yeah yeah i guess they saw how poorly the walking dead season 28 was doing and now they're just like fucking scrambling
0: or no they're like uh oh shit we can only animate one season of invincible every three years <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes uh man so you know People were wondering why was this made? Why did Image not read the room and realize that maybe uh, promoting an NFT themed comic cover or whatever on Twitter uh, would be a very bad idea (laughs) because NFTs are not very popular on Twitter. Especially you know, within the comic circles, and uh, so yeah, why would they do this? Why they literally had
0: like the? I saw a tweet recently that was uh, screen grabbed and thrown in a chat that was uh, Ethan Van Sciver being like, "Why do comic social justice warriors hate NFTs so bad?" Like those are the people that are trying to peddle <laughs> NFTs into comics. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know you're in great
2: company when Ethan Van Sciver is defending your book on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's you're on the right side of history. That's great. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, the, somebody on Twitter actually, uh, was wanting to answer that question as to why was this made? Why is the, what, what, what is image and board ape have to do with one another? So Twitter user, Chris Ross, who is a designer and letterer tweeted or actually retweeted that initial tweet from, uh, image comics. And he's saying, you know, who owns this NFT? Good question. OpenSea has this as the owner, which lists Pindle D boys underscore fort underscore Knox. This is like, this is like the uh, Xbox 12 year old gamer that like snipes you, no scopes you from like the other <laughs> side of the map and then calls you gay while doing it. That's <laughs> like, that's that kind of name. Uh, anyway, on Hell the OpenSea yeah. C- account, he has several hundred. NFTs. So this guy is like really fucking game for NFTs. He's down. He's investing. He's growing his wealth. uh, He's thriving. Uh, Chris Ross points out that Pindeldiboz is an interesting word and puts a link to uh, something from theliteraryunderground.org. And in it is uh, an about page for Pindeldiboz the Empire, which reads, uh, Pindeldiboz is an operation run by a small but valiant group of people. Look, if you make comics and you call yourself valiant, like just genuinely, like you're being serious and you're using Renfair language to describe yourself, <laughs> you, you deserve all the bullying. But anyway, the statement says, we publish creative works here on our website and we used to release a print volume once a year. That's very promising. Wow. We have been known to publish much fiction, some nonfiction and artwork makes an irregular appearance. We released our first and only poetry collection in 2007. <laughs> oh, man. The web edition of uh, Boz has published over 1,200 stories by more than 600 authors over the last seven years. Yada, yada, yada. A bunch of bullshit. Underneath that, they list all of the losers involved in this. And uh, guess who's listed as founding editor? One, Jeff Boyson. And then Chris points out that uh, the founding editor looks to be the director of sales and publishing planning for Image Comics. It's the same guy. So there you have it. This got railroaded through by the director of sales and publishing planning at Image because he really loves collecting NFTs. Yeah. That's amazing. That is the like the fact that a business decision was made on that alone- is wild yeah i would have loved to have sit in that meeting and overheard his argument as to why this needed to happen and i would have just loved to have seen how quickly they folded on such a poor idea uh just no resistance being like yeah i i the nfts that's like cool right yeah okay and i think uh, these yeah.
0: motherfuckers got too many cooks in the kitchen over there i don't know if the left hand knows what the right
2: hand's doing at image i'm not saying that with any knowledge so, yeah, I mean, case closed, I guess. It's, it's fucking Jeff Boysen, uh same guy. Uh, yeah, so this uh, very, very strange turn of events for Image. And uh, they, uh, yeah, like I said, L plus ratio. That's that's the end of that. Uh, surprisingly, they've kept that tweet up. They've remained pretty silent about it since then. Yeah, they just keep promoting all the other shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty standard for anyone yeah, you know, I mean, using these accounts. Honestly, yeah. probably the smartest thing for them to do. Yes, 100%.
0: Yeah. uh, Speaking of uh, this is this wasn't planned, but um, I just got to say this real quick. Uh, Speaking of, um, you know, independent comic publishers, I got uh, an email soliciting uh, some comics from that Z2 company, the uh, company that exclusively like makes music like comics you know what i'm talking about like noah van skyver did the grateful dead comic over there yeah vince staples had one or some shit that buster moody was on got an email though saying that uh they were doing a uh a broken social scene comic about the album you forgot it in people which was like 03 04, 05. i don't know i like the album don't get me wrong but why why in the fuck our broken social scene getting a comic. People over at Z2, like, y'all need to just stick to your bread and butter of, like, how bands formed in the 70s and, uh, you know, just biographic comics. We don't need this Craig Thompson blankets-looking shit about indie albums in the mid-2000s, okay? I just really don't know who that's for. You know, like, I I truly don't understand. That's all I really had to say about that. Not really news, Um, just Z2 doing Z2 things.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we know who the audience is. It's pretty much people who don't read comics and for people who are panic shopping for a last minute gift yeah. for a person that they don't really care much about. And uh, and they find this on, uh, you know, the, the end aisle uh, and they just buy it. I just can't like personal like this. You know, no
0: disrespect to broken social scene, but like, how many broken social scene fans are willing to put down twenty bucks for a graphic novel?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's. I mean, that's gotta be the most boring fucking music story you could possibly think of, too.
0: Yeah, like, uh, I don't even know if it's auto or just like stories inspired by it because they do both of those type of books. Now, that said, if y'all want to give a gig to my boy Big Blake and let him draw Steely Dan, I think that could be cool.
2: <laughs> just boys being it. boys.
0: Yeah, I'll write the motherfucker. So, Z2, you know, yeah, don't take this as a complete burial, but uh, broken social scene, that ain't it. And that's coming from a fan of the
2: band. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I got nothing to add there other than uh, yeah, Com- I mean comics gonna just, comics, I guess. Yeah, Z two's gonna Z two. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the next uh, drawn and quarterly infographic comic mm-hmm. for you know confused step parents who don't know what to buy their teenage stepson or stepdaughter, so they you know rush over to a Barnes and Nobles and fucking pick this up for 25 bucks or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's clearly meeting some kind of quota, otherwise they wouldn't make it. So. I guess. Good for you. All right. Well, uh, let's see. We did uh, poll the listeners
0: for news topics or questions, and we got quite a bit of questions, actually. So uh, we're just going to round out the episode with these.
2: We also got a question that wasn't related to a guest or a specific episode. Um, It was a really good question. So, you know, I wanted us to answer it on the air. It was from Nicholas Slover, Instagram user N-N-N-S-L-U-H-H. Uh, They asked a question for y'all. Do you have any advice on churning out work faster? I've been working on two pages for what feels like half a year. They are overly very detailed, but I feel like there's no way I'll hit the page count I'm aiming for at this rate. PS started the podcast a couple of months ago from episode one and freaking love the work y'all are doing. Uh, Thank you, Nicholas. It sounds like you are really, really uh, putting the lead to paper if you, you know, went through all of our episodes in one month, which is a good thing. So, you know, shout out to you. But in terms of your main question here, two pages during six months, roughly. Yeah, you know, everybody works at a different pace. I think we can all agree on that. Austin English, who we had on last episode, uh, he admitted that it takes him a good chunk of time just to finish a book. Uh, you know, his recent book took him, how many years did he say? I think he was working on it on and off for four years, he said. Four years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also taken into account, you know, the fact that he's working on other projects. He's also running Domino Books. Right. also has his full-time job as a teacher. So he's got a lot on his plate. In terms of, you know, somebody who is working on pages and only those pages and nothing else, six months and only two pages, to me, sounds not good. Yeah, uh, just to put it bluntly. <laughs> yeah, right. And you know, I don't know. Maybe you are working on other. Pro- uh, maybe you are working on other projects simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the case, and you are just trying to churn out this book, and you're still only able to pull out two pages every six months. I would recommend rethinking your approach in terms of how you are, you know, tackling this book. I, I feel like a, a lot of people, especially people that are just starting out in comics, tend to over stuff. People starting out tend to have these huge dreams in their mind's eye uh, in terms of the scope of their, of their books. And uh, oftentimes that's not very realistic. It's not within the scope of their own abilities. And that's, you know, not a bad thing. You just have to learn and develop over time. So, uh, you know, I, my personal recommendation would be uh, just keep churning out pages, maybe take a break on this particular project because it sounds like it's very close and, you know, uh, something that you are very much attached to for specific reasons. Right. You know, yeah, so, making these assumptions off of not seeing the work, of course. Right. It could, yeah. It's yeah. a little difficult for us to really talk about it too in depth, but I'm just, you know, basing this on what I've seen from other people and the types of questions right. we get, you know, relating to this.
0: Yes, Absolutely. I think you're onto something, though, with like the put it down for a while.
2: Yeah, yeah. Put it down for a while. Take a break. Maybe work on something else. Work on something else. Something that's a little more stripped down and basic. Yeah, Really hone in on the fundamentals and just meat and potatoes. That's all you got to worry about. You know, Do, do a black and white comic. Hell, I would say maybe even just do, you know, Sunday strip style stuff and just do, you know, three or four strips and then keep churning them out. And then by the time you have uh, 50 or 60 of these strips, then you can combine them into a, a small zine or a comic.
0: Or, I mean, even, you know, if you have to do like one page gags, like, you know, like that used to be in the humor magazines or like the New Yorkers still, you know, maybe work, you could still be a cartoonist and not have to work on like, you know, a gridded page. You know, it's right. all about evaluating what you want to do. And what kind of work you want to put out. So if, you know, you're having a hard time doing a nine panel grid or whatever the fuck you're working on on the page, you know, like JB said, try something shorter or make some gag strips. You know, maybe you'll have more fun doing something where you don't have to do like a huge narrative right away. Um, Yeah, this is an assumption, but I'm assuming this is, you know, something that this is one of your first books, you know, Um, and if it's not coming out naturally, you know, I would just really advise stepping away from it and doing something else because no sense in getting hung up on something that you're not working on. Right. Well, I mean, obviously you're working on it, but, you know, not working on it at a good enough speed, in my opinion. I don't know if that's too harsh.
2: No, no, no. I think that's honest. And I think he clearly wants us to be honest with him. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, for being perfectly honest, two pages in six months is not good. Like, that's very, very bad. (laughs) Um, And this is assuming that you're like wanting to do more than that. Like, if you have, like, you know, sat down three times in six months, okay, sit down more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Draw more often. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case. This this to me sounds like somebody who is at their desk. The fact that he told us that he finished our entire run of episodes within a month while drawing, that means he's drawing pretty often.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: Yeah. yeah that's like 70, what, 75 episodes. So that's uh, roughly around 80 plus hours that he's clocking in. Bro, I'd say it's like 100 plus. Sure. Whatever. Doesn't matter. But yeah. either way, it's a lot of hours. So, he's clearly drawing quite a bit. He's at that desk putting in the work, but it's not paying off for him. Yeah, I would just
0: uh, step away from your current project and do something else. Even if you have to do, like, uh, some exercise shit. You know, uh, our buddy Pete was, like, redrawing Archie comics for a while. So, if, you know, if you want to just get better at drawing, just, like, draw other pages. You don't have to show other people that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then while you're drawing it, you'll probably understand, like, why this is sequenced the way it is, and it might teach you something right so there's a lot of things you can do instead of that but i think it really just comes down to i don't know man like if i was working on a comic uh and i only got two pages in six months for it i would i would just be like maybe this isn't the one at this moment not to say it's not a good idea or not a story worth telling but you might just have to come back to it i mean you look at that uh fucking uh monster book that uh barry windsor smith did and that was a 30-year work in progress you know so there's a time and place for everything
2: and we can also agree that, you know, as good as this person might be, they're not Barry Wintersmith, you know, <laughs> like they're not, <laughs> I think we can be honest and say that and say that they're not pumping out that much work within, you know, this short period of time while also working on this thing that's happening to, that just so happens to take them very long, you know? What yeah, I, mean? so, I just
0: meant that like, you know, if, if, the, if the story takes 30 years to come out, the story takes 30
2: years to come right. out. Right. Right. But, you know, the way I'm reading this question, this is how I'm interpreting it. So I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, Nicholas, I'm sorry. I don't know. Maybe do better describing what you're working <laughs> on. I don't know what to tell you.
0: Maybe uh, work based- with a writer, okay? <laughs>
2: yeah. Now, based on what I got from you and, and the way you frame the question, it made me think that you're probably over-rendering and you're overworking the page. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a matter of maybe working beyond your scope. That's how I'm interpreting it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good, that's good advice. Yeah. So if that's the case, if I'm right, if my assumption here is correct, don't over-render. Don't treat every panel or page like an illustration. You're not making an illustration. You're making a comic. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. You know, keep it simple.
0: Yep. Agreed.
2: uh, Can't really add anything more to that. Yeah. So yeah. And you know, like I said, (laughs) we're wrong about this, Nicholas. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. Either way, just send us some examples of these pages, because I am interested to see what, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, let's get to our recent uh, questions uh, that were sent over to us via Instagram. Yeah.
0: The first one came from uh, Instagram user Mike's underscore not sane, uh, your dream collaborators. Uh, you know, the longer I do this shit, the the less I want to collaborate with people. <laughs> 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 uh... You know, I'm about to, I say that about to put a split out with jazz and I wrote a story for jazz to draw, but I really like working alone on my comics. You know, I don't, I I don't really have a dream collaborator. It would just have to be like a, like it'd have to be a really good script. I don't give a fuck if it's some writer that has clout, if the story's dog shit and I don't want to spend time drawing it, I'm not going to, Yeah. but you know, I guess on the flip side of that, you know, if I could write some kind of Batman comic for a badass artist to draw, that could be fun, but you know, I don't have, I don't want to like. Not to say like, I don't, that would never happen and I'm not pursuing that happening. So I guess I don't really think about
2: those things. I know it's a bad answer, but no one. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, Dream collaborators. I don't know. I, you know, like Cam, the longer I do this, the less I'm interested in collaborating with people. (laughs) And that's not because I don't like other comic creators. Right. That's not it. I feel like when there's less cooks in the kitchen, the project runs way more smoothly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, You know, there's less fucking back and forth. Uh, There's less stuttering and, you know, misplaced actions or, you know, stuff that could just make the project fall apart or drag out longer than it needs to be. And uh, yeah, I feel like when it's just one person just doing everything and making the project and making the comic, it, you're usually just better off that way. Unless it's like, I mean, I feel like if I work on a comic and I have somebody else do the lettering and color color the thing, sure, that's fine. But uh, even then, I'd still have to review the stuff, give them notes back, have to wait on that until I get it back, and then review that. And, you know, I just, it, yeah, it just runs way better if it's just one person. Even if it takes longer overall, but still.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, you get to tell the story you want with how you want to tell it? Now that said, um, I guess to give an answer, I was thinking about it. David Lapham's doing a uh, little like four to six page backups uh, in Detective Comics. I would write a uh, four to six page Batman comic for David Lapham. Uh, I love that motherfucker. So that there's your answer. Uh, mm. But mm. really, no one. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: uh. All right. Next question is from Instagram user The Prophet DC. What up, uh. David? They asked, is Gutter Mag still happening? Yes, it is. David, thank you for asking. We've been talking about that a lot off air every time we yes, record. Yes, yeah. pretty much. Yes. And yeah, it's still happening. We are still waiting on, I think, one story.
0: Yeah. So um, we're going to have a, a Greg and Fake Santos sister uh, story in there, but they're still penciling it. But I talked to those dudes and they said they should have something for us soon. So once we get that. I guess we're gonna do it on Kickstarter. Uh, we haven't really talked about that yet. It seems like people are still
2: using it despite all the controversy. So, yeah, my vote is using a different platform. Yeah, same. But I understand if it comes down to it and it's the only option, then sure, I guess. But right, I, yeah. I so we're gonna we're gonna explore some things. If you all
0: have any, uh, you know, suggestions, DM us yeah. at gutterboyspod, yeah. because you know I'm definitely we're definitely in the market to hear about that. Okay, next question came from Instagram user Michael dot R Is Snoopy circumcised? Uh, no, nah, because dogs just have the little red thing that comes out, right? There's no circumcision involved. Right.
2: Yeah. No, they got the lipstick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Michael, are you dumb? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually, I know Michael. Uh, I've known that guy for a very long time. He I'm too, uh, it's jokes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. And the answer is no. He's not circumcised. So there hey, you go. He's got the red rocket, bro. But his dick is huge. I think we can all agree.
0: Yeah, the, his dick is actually the red house. Like when he's laying
2: on his back, <laughs> his dick is going under him <laughs> between his legs and he's sitting yes. on it. <laughs> yes, Damn. His dick is so big, he sits on his dick. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty tight. All right. Uh, from dreams.lately, have you had any dreams lately? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this person? No, I don't. (laughs) I like the thing that they're just going to random. Yeah, I think it's a bot that's just going to random Instagram accounts and asking this question, which is really worrying for a couple of different reasons. Dreams.lately. Have you had any dreams lately? We might as well answer the question. Have you had any dreams lately, Cam?
0: Um, I have to think about this for a second. I wasn't ready for this one. Um, mm. Actually, no, to be honest with you, man. um, You're just too high. No, for real. <laughs> like, I think I smoke because I smoke right before bed. Like, oh, I don't really like, dream.
2: No, anymore. you don't have any dreams. Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: For real. I don't like uh, the last dream that I had. I feel like it was in the past couple weeks. And it was like one of those work related dreams where mm. you're in the building and nothing looks like where you
2: actually work. But, you know, you're at work. And yeah. I don't really remember much from it besides that. Okay. Uh, let's see. The last dream I had, I actually, was, this is funny because I was talking to my friend about this, I think, last week. You know how dreams kind of sway into other scenes, I guess you could say, for lack of a better word? Yeah. But, uh, you know, you'll be doing something and then just gradually, without even realizing it, you're somewhere else doing something else with other people. And it's just like, uh, you know, you don't even second guess it. It's like a scene missing kind of thing where like something happened between here and here, But you don't know what it was, but you also don't care enough to really question it. Uh, So I was doing that. I was doing something, and then I suddenly find myself in this like old timey palace, like kind of like a European castle type of deal. And uh, I'm sitting across from uh, my friend. We're just like talking about something and then there's a party going on and uh, we walk into this room from away the, you know away from all these other people and and then the dream kind of dissipates from there. It was very strange. I don't exactly remember what it was we were talking about, but she did, my friend did have a very strange kind of like um, like you know how people on the West coast had this like weird fake accent. Back in like the 40s and 50s, basically, if you watch any old black and white movie from the 30s and 40s, these people, all these white people would have this like weird accent. That I was know like, what you're talking about. I just always assume that it's because people were more educated back then. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think that accent was supposed to imply that like you are from a wealthier stock. kind er, yeah, of deal. Yeah. but it was complete bullshit. Like it was not specific to any actual location or region in the country. Uh, But she was speaking to me in that kind of way with this accent. And it was very strange because she's Turkish raised in England. So she has a British accent. So it didn't make any sense to me. And then I told her about it. I was just like, oh, I I had this weird dream with you. And, uh, you know, it was in this like European castle or whatever she thought it was funny, but she also told me she'd been working on a project where she's working on her speech because she's an actor and uh, she's practicing a transatlantic accent, which is what that accent is. Uh, So, I was like, oh, that's a very odd coincidence that that would happen in my dream while you're also doing it for a role in a series that you're going to be on. It's just very bizarre to me. And uh, what's even weirder is that the series that she's doing, it's gonna be on Paramount Plus. I, mm-hmm. I forget what the fucking name of it of the show is gonna be, but it takes place in Europe. I believe it takes place mostly in Turkey, but it's like broadly in Europe. She's been trying to figure out this accent that she has to have her character has to have
1: mm-hmm.
2: because the character that she plays is a Turkish person who has a transatlantic accent on top of that because of the time period that this movie takes or sorry, this TV series takes place. But she has a British accent. So she has to like reverse engineer the transatlantic accent with the Turkish accents. It's very strange. But yeah, so when she told me that I was like, oh, that's like a very strange coincidence. Like, you know, I mean, it's completely coincidence. I know that it's not like we had some kind of mind meld moment or some fucking bullshit like that. Like it was just complete, that, it just happened. That's all. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> think it means anything beyond that. But I thought I did think it was funny and she did too. But yeah, anyway, that was a very long winded explanation of a dream that really wasn't that interesting. So hey, that's uh, OK. We uh,
0: the listeners wanted to know dreams dot lately. I'm sure they tune into every episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm running a fever. So, you know, I'm just trying to make, uh, yeah make chicken. uh Chicken salad out of chicken Chicken shit. shit. Is that the old wrestling term? Yeah.
0: Yep. All All right. right. So last question comes from friend of the pod, Pat Alizio. What's an NFT? Oh, man. Loaded question, man. Um, Depends on what side of the fence you're on. All I can say, Pat, is don't do one, bro, or you're done. You're dead to us, okay? If you do one. You're not dead to us right now, but if you do one, you're dead to us. I did get a tweet (laughs) off earlier. That I just really, I'm gonna say it out loud so I can just you know will it into existence. Ryan Stegman sent some oh, designer yeah. dude. <laughs> that's right. To do his dirty work, and Stegman, this dude does. I'm not gonna dox him and say who he is because he locked his account up and went private and deleted all the tweets. But if you look at my replies, you will find who he is on Twitter. Uh, that's <laughs> that said. Um, this dude uh, was like, "Why do comic people hate NFTs so bad?" And then, like, uh, listed, like, four examples. And he got ratioed into oblivion as well. It was almost as bad as the Image thing. But actually, I would say it's worse because uh, people wouldn't talk as much shit as they were talking to Image as they were to this guy. But that said. Yeah. They took the safety off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they went yeah. off on this guy.
0: Um. <laughs> so, uh, fuck, I forgot where I was even going with this. I know we we're talking about NFTs. Yeah. Um,
2: so, I mean, the gist of it was he was doing the fucking team comics thing we're like hey we're all friends we can have a you know a, a real congenial discussion about the uh, importance of nfts and, and how we could make it better and you know fucking improve the lives of comic just basically sounding like a grifter and it's not like buzzwords. words right just using the same language the same carny speak that these nft people are using and uh yeah everybody just called him out for that it was just oh. <laughs> what are you talking about
0: yeah, I know what I was going for. So, yeah, Stegman had this guy doing his dirty work because I think Stegman is trying to dip his toes in NFTs for real because this guy does work for him. If you don't know who Ryan Stegman is, he's drawing Venom with Donny Cates. He's Donny Cates' uh, artist normally. And I don't usually yeah. have a problem with this guy. He might be a douche. I don't know. But y'all know I fucking hate Donny. So I just tweeted out that uh, if Stegman does do an NFT, I really hope he brings Donny with him just so he can kill two birds with one stone. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that would be a great Twitter moment of having those oh, books. Yeah. Both of those guys reveal a new NFT comic thing and, and it just fucking eats shit immediately. Yeah, it would be so sick. Um so But I feel like this, you know, I I feel like because Image did this and because it was just so public in terms of how south everything went, I feel like a lot of creators and publishers in the comics world are gonna take note of that. I don't know, man. These comics publishers are pretty fucking stupid, man. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're not going to do it. I'm just saying they're going to be less vocal about it on Twitter. Oh, yes, yes, that makes sense. They'll That's still do the it. That's
0: what the guy who got owned was trying to say. He was like, "This isn't really how people feel. It's just Twitter's a volatile space." It's like, nah, dude. I mean, yes, Twitter's a volatile space, but that's how people feel. It's a volatile space, feel.
2: but it's also like, that's where most common creators are. Yeah, you know? we're posting, like if, they have, if they have social media, they're on Twitter. That Because it's like, you know, to them, a lot of these people use Twitter, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong or anything, but a lot of these people use social media, especially Twitter, as a networking tool. Yes. And some of them use them as LinkedIn, which is fucking stupid. We can talk about that another time. Uh But uh, they use it as a networking tool and, you know, people talk. And uh, if it just so happens that the majority of them are sour on NFTs and it's, you know, I mean, the the fucking list of reasons shouldn't surprise you as to why they would be anti-NFT. I mean, honestly, you just have to fucking read the reasons and just think for two minutes doesn't take a whole a whole lot of time or energy to figure that out right so i feel like you know with image doing this and it just not working out very well or at least in terms of how they had probably planned out in their heads these other fucking ghouls that want to do it are probably just going to keep it on the dl and continue doing it anyway right
0: yeah so uh i don't think that really answered your question pat but you know you know
2: you know what nft is nfts are fucking stupid and yeah. uh, they... They deserve to die a slow and painful death. Yes.
0: Yes. But not too slow, because I don't want to be hearing about this shit in two years. So, die quickly, please.
2: <laughs> die faster, please. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, does
2: that do it for us? Are we done? Yeah, we're done here, man. We got Alrighty. we got a good amount, amount of uh, talk. Well let shop. me uh
0: let's go ahead and plug shit. Um as always, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash gutterboys or gutterboys.top. Uh five bucks a month gets you uh, bonus episodes, and uh, ten bucks gets you merch and zines every other month. Uh that said, we did have a glowing review uh commented on our Twitter. Uh I posted a link to the Patreon apparently on June 18th of last year in 2021. And Twitter user <laughs> At J-M-S-D-G-L-S oh, this is going to be great. I know it Reply <laughs> to it. No, this is a real person. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know what the fuck that stands for, but I followed them back for the nice okay. words, uh, but okay. they're followed by mutuals. So, yes. Okay. Uh And so, user at JMSDGLS replied <laughs> to this almost year old tweet with, new to the Patreon, can confirm the real conversations happen after the episodes.
2: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, things get
0: real after dark. Yeah, so if you are interested in hearing us talk, uh, kind of like this episode, but with previous guests of the show cycling in sometimes, all the
2: R words. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, no, definitely support us if you can. We appreciate it for real. So shout out to all of our uh, Patreon supporters. You uh, help us pay some bills, and we definitely appreciate it.
2: Yes. And, you know, if you are a patron, you get access to a lot of episodes that uh, people will just never get the chance to hear otherwise. And I feel like we have a lot of really great interviews and topics, uh, you know, discussed in those uh, bonus episodes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Recently, uh, we had friend of the show, past guest, Pimp of the Year recipient, M.S. Harkness, who uh, sat down and talked with us about uh, some uh, past experiences relating to a uh, pretty recent, semi-recent uh, pop culture news event. I'm not going to get into too much detail. I don't want to fucking dox. The situation, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, so if
0: you want a, a celebrity that passed away, uh, if you want to hear some a story involving them that was uh, told by MS Harkness, that's going to be, uh, well, I guess it was last week, part two of that. Oh,
2: yeah, it's already out. All. It's yeah. a two-parter. It's, but, you know, two two plus hours of just insane shit yeah
0: and we've been on patreon for over a year so if you're you know just now signing up you got a backlog of uh previous guests and to be honest you know we when we're interviewing a guest on here you know we try to keep it formal despite our relationship with the uh guest, just to kind of give the listeners what they want to hear but uh if you want to just hear us talk to them and talk about the business like normal people uh you can find all that on the patreon
2: yeah it's a little it's a little more off the cuff yeah which I think is saying something, because I feel like even our formal interviews are a little off the cuff anyway. So these are like fucking full on pants off, you know, yeah. hanging out. Just we stop to- carnival barking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. Uh, we also, every once in a while, we'll have guests that don't really fit in line with our main feed, uh, you know, people that aren't actively involved in comics, but want to come in and, you know, kind of just talk shit. Some big dick uh,
0: motherfuckers, clout wise, too. Yes.
2: Yes. We had and, uh, a dude from uh, who did Red versus Blue, uh, Eric. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy, Eric Pedor, a really good dude. Uh, he is uh, currently. I forget. He's got a. He's doing an pretty AEW podcast notable, now, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's heading the AEW official AEW podcast, co-hosting uh, that show with uh, Scorpio Sky, I believe. Right. Scorpio. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's Scorpio Sky's co-host
2: yes okay and we had
0: uh nick farrell fuzz fang on and he was the one who did the uh toys that made us and the movies that made us on netflix so uh
2: yes he's the editor on those shows uh he also recently put out a new web series uh that is not on youtube it's just on his website uh the secret compartment go check it out if you're a fan of vintage toys really good stuff same level of quality if not more than what you see in those netflix shows so if you've seen those shows on Netflix, you kind of have an idea of what to expect.
0: Yeah. And we went deep with those guys. We gave them the gutter boys treatment, but we didn't put it on the main feed because, you know, it wasn't related to comics. So if you're interested right. in hearing that shit or if you're a Ramon Villalobos stan, uh, <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, we he got shows a up a lot as well. So
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime, uh, anytime uh, something hot happens in comics, we usually try to get him on to get his uh, take on things, which is usually just him reading his tweets
2: to our audience for an hour right and that's why we didn't go too in detail about the eddie piss story uh that happened last month because uh you know we we pretty much unloaded in that bonus episode yeah we did an hour
0: plus just the timeline like you're talking about like these netflix crime documentaries we did that shit on the death of ed (laughs) pisker
2: on the patreon so (laughs) yeah very funny episode very funny (laughs) Uh, Alright, so yeah, that'll do it for this one Uh, Thanks for listening and uh, Until next time, stay gutter